Hey guys, thank you for joining us with our podcast this week. I'm Tyler. And I'm Jessica. And this is Coenology, where we take some time to talk about everyday life. This week we have some special guests with us. We have Pastors Gavi and First Lady Sierra Beasley. And then we have our best friends Clay and Michaela, who we call literally. our literally friends, because they're literally our friends. <laughs> We're going to take some time this week and talk about what it means to be a friend and friendship in general. And we decided to call this episode, You've Got a Friend in Me. And as we all sit in here around the table and look at each other, <laughs> we um, we have absolutely no idea what we're going to do with this episode. We're just going to wing it. So we just got back <clears throat> from all going out to eat and <laughs> we went and had some uh, hibachi <laughs> and uh, y'all, y'all tell me how that made y'all feel. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it made me feel pretty full. <laughs> the bricks of rice got me. <laughs> so one of the reasons why we wanted to do a podcast today on friendship, um, for Jessica and I personally, <laughs> and here's Michaela. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to do okay. this. Okay. <laughs> She's not gonna be able to handle it. She's I'm not done. mature enough for this. <laughs> What'd she say? Go. I you mid sentence. So, anyways, uh, we had planned to go out to eat. Tomorrow's my birthday, so I'm gonna say happy, happy birthday. birthday to me. Uh, we had planned to go out to eat together as a group tonight in Savannah, and. It was kind of crazy that on the day we decided to go out and eat as a group of friends, uh, Pastor preached a message this morning on friendship, and he called it You Have a Friend in Me. And so we kind of snatched that title and, and tagged it to this podcast because um, it's really important as believers and as uh, individuals in Christ that we recognize what friendship means. And I think one one thing that we often struggle with is finding true friends. Yeah especially in ministry, finding friends that you can be open and honest with, finding friends that you can uh, be yourself with and not feel judged, and then being able to take that friendship and make it last, not one that's just seasonal. So Jessica and I have had lots of seasonal friends, and we've had friends that we still consider friends, but having the true friend that you're able to consistently remain friends for a long period of time. That's hard to find, especially in ministry. Um, I'm going to let Pastor and, and Sister Sierra, if, if you guys want to share a little bit about your journey together in ministry and how friendship has played out in that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor wants to pause. Um, I would say we've had, we've had many friends, like you say, seasonal friends. And then we've had a few friends that, you know, that stuck. And, I, and like we said, you know, finding those friends that you can, you can tell you're, you know, when you're most vulnerable, when you feel, I, I got a good friend, a good pastor friend of mine, um, and I called him and I said, just give me the real, give me the time that you wanted to quit. Give me the time whenever you looked out there and there wasn't but, you know, 20 people or 10 people out there. Give, give me the real because we go to meetings and things like that and you know it's the best suit it's the best tie and you really don't feel like you you have a friend because everybody's trying to put on a front Mm -hmm. and so uh having somebody in your life you know that you can tell like the other day i called you i got upset about something Mm -hmm. i was i was upset and he's fired man i was i was mad hot (laughs) 38 hot and but having those friends you can call in those times and not judge you has been really hard to find Mm -hmm. those friends that you can say, Hey, this right here really ticked me off. And I, I I don't really know how to deal with it. It's this, it's really great to find good friends like that. That's right. Um, we've had numerous friends come and go, like you said, Mm -hmm. but it's good to finally have a tribe. Yeah. You have those people that you can be vulnerable with that you can say, look, yes, we are the pastors, but this day is not going the way we want it. Right. You have a moment where you just call that tribe and you're either upset or you're hysterically laughing, one or the other, but you can just be raw yeah. with them. And and I tell you, and I one thing I'm thankful about this friendship here 
is we get to actually be ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've had friends where you have to be super religious and act super religious, and you can't laugh about certain stuff. Oh, because you 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 be on that performance based. Oh, crap you, again. you ain't gonna find that here. Well, I, <laughs> but that, that's what I love about it is because I've always liked making people laugh, mm-hmm. and I've always I've always loved laughing at people. And <laughs> I, I, my favorite thing to do at the mall is watch people watch. I laugh yes. at folks. You know, lady with the forehead on the way to Savannah today. <laughs> The purple hair, I, I'm just gonna be real. I mean, she like the bumper sticker on her car. <laughs> but, but, but where you can be yourself and still be a Christian and still have fun, mm-hmm. you know, that that's hard to find. Yeah. You know, that's I think where people struggle. It is hard to find, and I think you know Jessica and I have prayed for so long because we come from a place where within our own lives we we struggled to find friends that we click with because we're so different. I'm not your normal person, <laughs> and y'all, you guys know that, and and it's it's hard to find that friendship couple that you just click with despite your differences. Mm-hmm. It was funny because as our as we were traveling back today from Savannah, we were talking about. Uh, fishing and and we have clay here who is an avid fisher and we have pastor here who apparently loves to fish and then you have me i'm not fishing (laughs) not gonna be in a boat but i love to fish and jessica loves to fish and so but we don't i don't have to pretend like i like fishing for y'all to accept me no we'll Mm. see you when we get back yeah (laughs) and and that's really special to have in a friendship and one thing i really uh, that really stands out to me is how much happier you are mm-hmm. when you have friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real friends. Real friends. I mean, it's it's to the point where we can almost feel like when it's time for some friend time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even though Jessica is my best friend and, and I better be her best friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though that is the case, there's still a benefit to having that external friendship outside of your own home. And like whenever we get together and we're able to have nights like we did tonight, it builds you up. The Bible says a lot about friendship. It speaks on friendship in general and how Jesus is our friend and how we are are his friend. He calls us friend. And, And we can have that friendship be projected into our own lives with people that he sends into our lives. So we truly feel like, you know, the friends that we have now and we prayed for friends that we don't have to be fake with. I don't have to put on a a persona on the days that I'm having a bad day because everybody at this table, you know, I can go zero to 150 in 1.7 seconds. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't always be that way with everybody. Mm -hmm. You feel that judgment spirit coming back at you. And so it just feels really good to be able to say, hey, like you said, I'm having a bad day. And I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to be that I can be real with, you know. And not only having that bad day, but you, if you get a revelation in the Word, or or you you get something like you can call us. Hey, turn to your Bible. Look at this right here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and adding back to the you to friendship a second ago, where you like fishing, we like she likes organizing. I mean, she likes designing stuff on the computer. I think that's unique in a friendship because everybody's not the same because mm-hmm. I feel like if everybody was the same, it would then become a competition rather than a friendship. Right. You know, if he, if he's a good fisherman, I'm a good fisherman and you're a good fisherman, then it would be a competition. And I've seen how competition works, but if you keep it all, if it stays all yeah. different, yeah. you know, whereas my organizational skills are not the best. My desk is sometimes a mess. Well, she's like, hey, I think I need to go over here. This 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 would look better there. You know, vice versa. We all work together, and you too, of course, Kathy. Don't let me don't let me forget you because you stay on my case pretty heavy. Um, but it makes it unique as well. Yeah, for sure. One thing with that, recognizing strengths and and weaknesses within friendships, I think is really beneficial too. So that you can be there for one another, that you can be a strong support for that friend and be able to keep that friendship for life. So one thing I want to talk about that's always uh, been really, really special for me is growing up, my grandparents always had the, the inner circle friends, as I would call them. They had this group of friends that they traveled with and we went everywhere with them. Like every birthday, we knew we were spending the birthday with those friends. 
every single trip that we took. I mean, we spent three months traveling one summer um, all over the United States in campers. And those friends went with us. Like those were the friends. And, and every single week they would meet on Thursday afternoons for some catfish dinner. I mean, it was just those things. I, I got to see that and I thought, how special is that? Like you have friendships that you've had for life, right? The friendships that you've gone through working together and life together and you see them at their greatest and you see them not at their greatest, but you're still friends. And that was one thing that Jessica and I had prayed for is we actually talked about it several times. You don't have friends like that these days. Yeah, like we look at those friends with my grandparents, and and it's like you don't see that nowadays. And I think it has a lot to do with society in general and how busy we are and, and the value of friendship. Because nowadays you can just pick up a phone and text somebody, but back then you couldn't. So Thursday night dinner was really your text time, mm-hmm. right? And that's one thing that Jessica and I have found uh, in, in Clay and Michaela is – they are they are friends of ours that we find to be special that we get to spend time with and get to see a lot of and and what's really really special is when we can hang out with them and then they come and hang out with us and and hang out with with you guys with us and then it becomes a group and like you said it becomes a tribe it becomes a family and that's really awesome whenever you can and we're all different yet we all want the same things we all come from different backgrounds, from different ways of life. We all come with a different testimony, but we all have a heart to serve God, to love each other, to love people, and to just be friends. You know, back to back to those friendships with your grandparents, those people never seem to be upset either. No. They, they never seem to let anything work. Anytime you went around the campfire, around the picnic tables, they always was laughing and cutting up about mm-hmm. something. That's one thing I remember. There was always... Always joy there, and I think that's what—that's something that comes from true friendship. There is true joy, and I'll say this: this, this is what was bubbling on my mind a minute ago. You know, I know people. I've—I've I've had y'all know that I've had a hard time accepting the the title that people try to give you as pastor, although that's where the Lord has placed me. But I would much rather be known as somebody's friend than their mm-hmm. pastor because. When you get when you get that label and stuff like that, people tend to let it go to their head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but I want I want to be known as your friend. I want to be known as the one you can call at two in the morning rather than I just call you when something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. can call me when everything's going right. You can call me when everything's going wrong, upside mm-hmm. down, in the basket, in the river. <laughs> well, you, you forget to put the plug in the boat. <laughs> I mean, you can call and say, "Hey, man, you know, I want to be that friend rather than than just that that that." that picture that people has painted you know that's what i want to be you know it's funny because i'm gonna we're gonna take the mask off because we like to we like to say that on this podcast where we take the mask off and we be real i do get nervous though when you say that (laughs) well you'll be fine it's gonna be okay i ain't gonna lie i'll do it to a little bit (laughs) (laughs) don't be wondering what we got made Uh, on the way to, or, or when I want to pick on Clay and Michaela for a minute because I like to do that. On the way to eat dinner, or when we found out we were going to eat dinner this week, Clay and Mi- this was the first day Clay and Michaela actually got to hang out with you guys, and and we were excited for them to be able to come and hang out with you because we had told them, hey, they're real, you know, and that's a big deal for them because being in the church, it's really hard to find real people twenty four seven, you know. I and can't so, hang out with nobody that ain't real. I'm just too much. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm going to pick on, on on Michaela for a minute because, of course, Clay was picking at her, but he said, "Now you need to remember, we're going to eat with the pastor, <laughs> so be on your best behavior." And, and what's what's really funny about that? It is funny, but it's also sad yeah. because there are yeah. people that actually do that. There are people that will actually say, hey, we're going to go eat with so-and-so. Don't be yourself. We've been guilty of that ourselves. Yeah, we've done it ourselves. Don't be yourself because of something they might think or something that they might feel. And I feel personally, God calls us to be authentic. Be authentically you. Be able to be yourself. Now, that is not an excuse to be ratchet. (laughs) But it's, it's 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 an invitation for you, she said, darn. <laughs> I want to be ratchet. That's why she said, smack the rice. Hey. Smack that rice. No, no. He threw the rice on the, on the thing. She said, you going to smack that? I said. Actually, I think I said spank. Oh, spank, spank that. Yeah. Spank 
Austin. He over here. It's me. <laughs> Please forgive us for talking about spanking rice on the podcast. <laughs> hey, he done it. <laughs> he did. Well, it, it's just great to be able to have those laughs and to be able to uh, watch each other light up. Like, there was no moment tonight where I felt like anybody was frustrated or anybody was overwhelmed with emotion or anybody was aggravated. What's really crazy is when you have a moment like tonight and then you compare it to moments that you've had before, there have literally been moments where Jessica and I would be sitting next to each other in a restaurant with people that at one time we, uh, unbeknownst to our, our own knowledge at the time, would just completely place them on a pedestal and I'd lean over and I'd say, stop. That is true. (laughs) Or don't say that. (laughs) Because I was bound by religion. Mm. Yes, you were. I didn't want the the persona of what someone else thought of me to be shifted by a moment of reality. Mm -hmm. But what I have found is the world's hungry to see an authentic church. Yeah. Like me from Pennant Road? Yes. (laughs) That when they go home, they know they're a part of a church that acts just like they do at home and has real problems with real situations and real scenarios and and real issues and real battles and responds to them relatively the same way because we're not all super spiritual all the time. So elaborating on today's message, you got a friend of me. It came from 1 Samuel chapter 18 when it says it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. I preached on how the master weaver God took his his crochet hooks and he began to put, put the hearts of Jonathan and David together and, you know, as David was coming up to the battle, he was pulling that old squeaky wagon that his daddy sent him with, hauling the cheese and the bread. And uh, I, I imagine when Jonathan seen David coming, he, he, seen his, he seen his humility right there, and, and that's when God began to do the work. But I, I like the way God said that, he, they, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David because that shows a work in both of their lives because only God can knit hearts together because mm-hmm. then it says, and Saul took him that day and would not let him go home, let him go no more home to his father's house. Well, see, right there, God began to do a work because he was fixing to get slung into an emotional roller coaster that was not going to let him go back home. I told him this morning, I said, I don't know about you, but there's, no, there's some places I like being just a little bit better than everywhere else. As much as we like traveling, as much as we love staying in hotels and doing ministry and going on vacation and fishing and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I like being at the house. Mm-hmm. I like being at home. There ain't no place like home. Now, Kathy, she can stay somewhere for for, for six months and not coming home, but I like coming home. Like My favorite day is not the leaving, but it's when we come back to the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, David had just been slung into the first emotional roller coaster. He said, "You Saul said, I, he ain't going to let you go back home no more. Mm-hmm. And then it said, then Dave, Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the, of the robe that was on him gave it to David in his garments, even to his sword and his bow and his girdle. So he was saying, uh, David, I believe in you so much. I got a friend in you so much that I'm giving you my robe. I'm exchanged. He was effectively uh, crowning David as king, as the as the next king, as the next heir, because that's we know that's how the story goes. And so he said, he said, I'm giving you my robe. I'm giving you my weapons because if anybody's got my back. I want you to have my back. Right. I, I want you're my friend. Our hearts are connected, and if anybody's got my back, I want you having my back. And I just like how the Lord, you know, knit that together. I love that you say that with being a friend like Jonathan and David were. Michaela said today, "I'm gonna let you say it about uh, if we if we were not friends." Yeah, like I Jonathan. said, if you're not a friend like Jonathan, I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you're not a friend like Jonathan, then we don't need to be friends, right? Um, if you look at that story, 
Jonathan recognized a friendship with David, and that took him basically going against his dad, going against going against the grain, if you will. Mm-hmm. When you can have a friendship that goes against the grain, mm-hmm. where you can have a friendship that says, I've got your back when your family doesn't have your back. I've got your back whenever nobody else has your back. Those are the friends I want. Well, we've and- lived in a real situation where our literally friends did have our back when family when your family didn't have right. our back for sure you know walking through what i walked through for the last five years i'm just going to take the mask off everybody turns their back on you when you're accused of child molestation yeah yeah mm-hmm. everybody um i'm not going to say that in a sense to blanket everybody in my life clearly there were people that didn't i had so there was much. way more people that were for you than yeah, against you for but- sure what was crazy was the people that really, I'm sorry, I'm taking this off. I kind of read the mask off for you, so I'm sorry. But it was the people that you least expect, which was your immediate family, that like turned their back more so than our friends. Right. And it's it, it really brings friendship into perspective. I look now, and I value friendship so much more. I look at friendship so much greater. Um, it can be friendship that gets you through some of the darkest times in your life, right? Mm-hmm. If we look, we're going to look later in this story with, with David and Jonathan, Jonathan intervenes for David a few times. Mm-hmm. He helps him out. You know, even when his own dad's coming against him, when Saul's coming against David, there's a Jonathan there in the mix. And that's a beautiful picture because, like you said this morning, <clears throat> I want friends that have my back. Mm-hmm. I want friends that know me enough to have my back. If you don't have those friends as a listener, if you don't have those friends that have your back, or if you're not that friend that has someone else's back, I encourage you to challenge yourself today to become that friend. Learn how to be the friend you want in your own life. It doesn't always have to be immediate family. I'm so blessed that I had so many supporters and so many people that stood beside me during the darkest times of my life. But there's a difference in a supporter and a Jonathan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had some Jonathans in my life that, yeah, you you actually came and checked on me, but you stayed. Yeah, they were ready to battle. Ready to battle for me. Ready to to go and and stand up and would not let people diss me behind my back. Wouldn't let people doubt the truth. Would stand up for me in a heartbeat. Those are the kind of people we need in our lives to be effective Christians. Because I'll tell you right now. It's those people in our, in my own life that makes me want to be a better individual for somebody else. Yeah. It's the ones that I'm not sure of that maybe talk, you know, talk behind my back or when I see someone else talking behind someone else's back. That's what can almost make you a bitter Christian. Yeah. And it's what a lot of people have trouble with trusting people within the church or trusting people within the body of Christ. The body of Christ is such a beautiful thing, and it's meant to be where we're here for each other, where we're able to lift one another up and be a friend with each other. But we've got to make sure that we're doing that out of the example of like David and Jonathan, allowing, I feel like tonight was such a beautiful uh, rendition or a beautiful depiction of God taking his craftsmanship and knitting us together. We got a little bit closer, a little bit tighter, a little bit more woven together and was able to to see him bring us all into an, a place where we can love one another as David loved Jonathan and Jonathan loved David. And also, I'd like to add, add to Jonathan and David, uh, when you were talking about family a minute ago, you know, that's, that's one thing I love about how the Lord created us with an imagination, because reading chapters 1 through 5 or 1 through 9, it doesn't say that David went to his tent and he cried because his family, his, his three of his brothers, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema, was all on the same battlefield as him. And it doesn't say, where you, it, in the word, it doesn't say that he went to his tent and he cried. So we use our imagination. This boy was, uh, according to the, 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 the uh, youth, was 15 to 24 years old. He, he was, he'd just come out of the sheep pasture. That's all he's ever known. And he just went and, and had the greatest victory of his life. He should be going back home celebrating and, and, and enjoying the victory and praising the Lord. And, and instead, he's told he can't go back home. 
which if you told me I couldn't go back home right now, I'd ask you why. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and now he's be he's got a position. He's a he's a a military leader right here. And and now his daddy Saul is or his Jonathan's daddy Saul is now plotting jealousy against him. So he can't go to his brother. He can't go to his own family, the ones that he sat at the dinner table with and ate with and argued with and wrestled with and fought with. He can't go, and, and the Bible don't tell us that, that he had emotion. And when I talked about this morning, how God, how, how where emotion comes from, we're made three-dimensional, body, soul, and spirit. And, and emotions and feelings are not a bad thing, but misplaced feelings are very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so I like I like imagining, I like putting myself in David's shoes and thinking about how beneficial and how much God loves us that he put Jonathan in his life because you know that David went to his tent. Yeah. You know David cried and wondered why. Why is my brother, mm-hmm. whom I used to climb on his shoulders and whom we used to be maybe close with at one time, why has he turned my back? Why has jealous envy? Why has that bitter poison of the serpent? Why why is it why is it coming against me? So that shows me God's grace for his children that he knew what David would need because he not only was David, David was anointed, but David was also chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God knows exactly what he needs. And he gives his anointed and he gives his chosen ones. And we're all anointed. And if we believe on Jesus Christ, we're anointed with purpose. We're filled with potential. And we are, and we are chosen. And God gives us what we need mm-hmm. to make it. See, God, know, God knew that Sierra and I would need y'all in this season and, mm-hmm. and, and for life. No, I don't consider y'all seasonal friend. I consider this thing to go to, you know, we, we, we ain't, we ain't in no nursing home. We don't speak that in Jesus name until we, till we're we're older, you know, God, God knows that we need that in our life because one thing I was thinking about, you know, earlier with this friendship here is we can all be, we can all be the same, but we can all be different mm-hmm. yeah. at the same time. We can just be ourselves, And so, um, and there's stuff that, you know, with God sending people when you need them, there's going to be times there's stuff you can't talk to with your family about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've been in those situations that yeah. either they're, you could tell them, but it's going to go completely over their head mm-hmm. or they're just not in a season of fully supporting you with the decision or whatever. But you have that tribe of friends that you can talk to, and they're in your corner. Right. And that's what everybody needs at their point in life. There's such peace knowing you have people in your corner. Mm-hmm. Such peace. Yeah, there's a peace to that. And we know the Prince of Peace. So we can only look at friendship as a grace of God, mm-hmm. right? He provides us with that friendship that we need. We have such a great time hanging out with, with Clay and Michaela and, and with you and, and Sierra. And every time we get to hang out, I always feel that peace. Like, I have friends that have my back. We might not be the same. Clay and I are nothing alike. We've been <laughs> friends for a long time, but we are nothing alike. But I know he's got my back. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and it's so crazy that God allows people to strategically be placed in your life that complement you as an individual and basically fulfills you as a person. Mm-hmm. Comes in when, when you are not good at something or when you, that isn't your thing, they are. Mm-hmm. And so together you get to be a, a whole friend, right? Yeah. It's, it's so funny because I, I tell people this all the time, we a whole friend. <laughs> It takes all four of us to be a, to be a, a good friend, <laughs> but um, I, I tell people all the time that whenever I'm playing piano, I want Clay on the drums, right? Because I've no, I've only really ever had Clay on the drums. But it's not even that. It, it's just it's more of a spiritual thing for me. I can play with any drummer whenever I'm on the keyboard yeah, or but playing. Not any drummer can play with you. That's correct. <laughs> so I play my own way. Our, <laughs> I play my own way, but um, it, it's very. It's more of a spiritual thing to know that what we're creating in an atmosphere of worship comes from a friendship that's also spiritual. I know my drummer's got my back, right? It's not even so much so that he's playing drums. It's I know he's got my back. It's more of a comfort for me, not even so much of the playing drums part, but just to know that what we're doing together, leading people in worship, they got my back. It 
to me, it feels no different than whenever um, I'm standing in a pulpit teaching or preaching and I've got someone sitting out there that has my back, right? Mm -hmm. I know you can speak to that for yourself. It feels different when you have a friend in the audience, in the group that's got your back, mm -hmm. right? Well, like what you said earlier on the way, because I was struggling a little bit this morning in my message when I, I looked out and I seen my real brother, mm -hmm. whom we, we don't have the greatest relationship, but we're not in that way and not each other's necks. But you sense that, you know, that's, that's what friends do is they sense when others, their friend, although you're not my biological brother, you know, you sense that I was I was I was struggling a little bit trying to get that out because I didn't want to say anything offensive to offensive right. to make him think that I that oh I you know you're not or just, that you're preaching at him. Right. You yeah. weren't. You're preaching a general message, but it could be received that way and I did feel that. And but to me, that's the great part about being knitted together mm -hmm. is when we can recognize when something's off. Yeah. When we can recognize when something's needed, mm -hmm. when we can recognize that I might should do this for that person, or when when we can buy each other gifts, or we can do for each other that we know the other person appreciates and respects because it's part of who they are, right? Mm -hmm. That's such an awesome thing. So I want to ask a really hard question, and I kind of want everybody... Ask Clay. Ask Clay. I'm going to ask Clay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let Clay answer, but I'm not going to put him that much on the spot. Uh, I want everybody to answer, just kind of at your will. What do you think the hardest part about being a good friend is? Oh, okay, I'll go first. So, um, just from experience, being a good friend, you pull, I'm a person I will wear my heart on my sleeve. I, I'm gonna whatever I do with friendship, I'm gonna go all out with it. And being a good friend, you have those times that you do those things that you do buy that gift or you do reach out, and it's one sided. Oh, well, girl, you yeah. at the wrong house and for no, that. No, 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 because the other day I was having one of those days that I was just, I was on myself about every flaw. And we were all on the phone together and they're like, oh, no, no, no. And they started going into just all this positive encouragement. And I was like, okay, Sierra, that's stupid. Like, shut up with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That you had those friends that had my back. Because I've been in those same situations where the friends are on the other side of the phone and they don't say a word. Yeah, It's mm -hmm. silence. And it's like. Well, okay, great. Yeah, that's really what I need is silence from you. Because you feel like they think the same. Exactly. And they may not have, but you did not help me in that moment. Right. So being a good friend, having that time that you are doing all you can do and all you want is just have that come back to you, yeah. but it's just one-sided. Right. And it doesn't have to look the same as what you gave. Mm -hmm. Right. A two-sided friendship does not have to look the same. For example, Clay's one of my very best friends in the entire world, but he better not buy me a fishing pole. <laughs> but I will buy him fishing gear every single year for Christmas. <laughs> fishing gear and socks. That's what I usually get him. Because that's what, you know, and it's not just about buying gifts. I'm just using that as an example. And you better it not looks, buy him a book. <laughs> it looks different, mm -hmm. but it's the same. It makes a full circle. And that's what a beautiful friendship is. So, yeah, I like that answer. See, I, see I'm, I'm a little bit opposite. I, you don't have to buy me anything, but when we come around y'all, we laugh. Y'all give me y'all. You give me yourself, and you don't cut. You don't cut the corner. You just we just laugh like the rice, or just <laughs> the things that we laugh about. You know, when we get when you holler at the dogs, I'm gonna rip your esophagus out. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Don't call animal control. <laughs> but see, and, and whereas I'm a terrible gift giver, really and truly, and Sierra is a good one, but. You know, I, I'm not a good, I'm not always a good receiver, but whenever you just are real and you just give me yourself, that's good enough with me. I mean, as long as I got, and I know that may sound a little mushy or corny or whatever. I like mushy. Well, <laughs> well, because at Christmas time this past year, you know, my family said, what do you want? Well, they, they focus a lot on the gift, the thing. Yeah. And I said, I don't want nothing. Mm -hmm. I just want you. I just want to be... I just want to sit down. I want to be able to eat this cranberry sauce with this dressing and this ham, and let's go to the couch and let's laugh about old times. Let's just let's just remember, let's just have some memories and let's take a nap. Let's get up at dinner time and do it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to get some, I mean, I like case knives. If you want to get me a case knife, that's fine. They thirty four, but don't go spend seven million dollars trying to. Right. To, no, just just be yourself. Just give me you. 
Yeah. You know, just give me give me your funny. Give me your laugh. It's stuff the like little that. things. The little yeah. things. I don't have to have stuff. So listen, I don't have stuff. Stuff don't make me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm content with what I got. If I got it, I'm happy. If I don't, I'm happy. I'm 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 good regardless. And stuff don't matter. And so what would you say the hardest part about being a good friend is? Clay, I'm gonna let you answer that one first. <laughs> it's a hard question. It because what 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 we don't realize is sometimes we're we're not we we laugh about it in this group a lot because we say we're bad friends, <laughs> but we really are good friends. But there's a lot of things we could all work on to be better friends, right? And there's nothing wrong with recognizing our shortcomings and okay. being able to improve that. Mine, mine is. If I could be the friend in my brain and in my mind, I'm a really good friend internally. Like, I want to, like, if I could bring to the table all the things I think about, y'all would think, oh, she's a killer friend. But really, it's time. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. my fault because I don't take the time to prepare the things that I would love to do for my friend. Mm-hmm. Because I'm selfishly doing something else that really and truly probably don't even matter. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day if I could have just taken I've even timed myself from here to the school and back how long it takes me okay well I could have run by the dollar store to get a little whatever and it been all of 20 30 minutes and I had to rush there and rush back for what Nothing. when I could have just taken the extra 10 minutes to do what was inside that I should have done so right. I would say mine's time I think our mind Every day is just, we wake up and it's automatically, what's on my to-do list yes. today? We're just constantly in, I got to check off, check things off my list today. Well, and considering and, that I don't really make mine, right? I'm always behind. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's never ending. Still trying to finish yesterday's yeah, list. It's, it's a never ending. And we'll go three days thinking we got so much done, and what do we get done? Nothing. Nothing. It's so funny Nothing. because uh, just with you guys, Clay and Michaela, we laugh about this, and, and uh, Pastor Gavin and Sierra you will probably be able to relate to friends at some point that you've had throughout your lives. But us four are the world's worst at saying we're going to start doing something mm-hmm. consistently and then we never do yeah, it. Kayla is <laughs> out. She's always like, we're going to start doing this every start. time. Every birthday, we're going to have a only one. <laughs> so far, we're one year into the good for having our annual Christmas party. So we said we were every year we were going to have a, a Christmas party for just us four. We were going to call we it. We can the, make one day happen. And that was the reason. The reason was because we needed to put it on the calendar so that we would make the time yeah. to do it. Yeah. And we would not get caught up in schedules. Right. And that's sad, really. But, I mean, you do what you got to do. I'd agree with Kathy there. I, I mean, oh Lord, I mean, George. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that part if you want to. But uh, I think time, that, that would be one of mine too. It would be time, you know, because, you know, as a minister and as 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 somebody that, you know, you yourself, you have a busy job. We all have busy jobs. And I think it's time because time that I really, really want to, I really want to be talking or, or, or doing this right here, you know, mm-hmm. It, you know, you have to be studying. You have to be. You have to take time and set it towards what you're supposed to be doing as well. So I think that balance of time. You know, I'm trying to remember who said it one time. He said, in ministry especially, there's never any balance. You just have to balance the unbalanced yeah, or imbalance. Right. You have to just. You have. To, you have to learn how to balance that that offset because there's never really no balance because ministries. Ministry. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you straight up. Ministry is like a flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't never convenient. Mm-mm. Never. That's true. And so having to study because I'm I'm not gonna get up there looking looking flick. I'm gonna get up there I'm just being real. I am gonna I'm gonna educate myself. I mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I read verse one through nine this week. I probably read it a hundred times. I go to bed, I'm thinking about it, I'm waking up, I'm thinking about it, I'm 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 thinking like David and and Time just goes so fast when you got that on your mind. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with her. Is, uh, time would be another thing. But somehow or another, we always manage to uh, get a laugh somewhere in the day or, or you know, uh, connect one point or another. Most times it's we, we, hours on the phone. But mm-hmm. uh, that, that uh, I, th- I would say time would be the, the hardest part about being a good friend. Don't be no fake friend yeah, not to yeah. me. See, that's what my problem is, letting new people in. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't trust nobody. And especially in today's world, 
everybody's judging and talking about everybody. Yeah. And everybody's already got their close knit friends and it is hard just... to let new people in. I know for me for me personally, one of the hardest parts that I find in in friendship is and I'm just gonna be real, finding somebody that doesn't get on my nerves. That too. That too. Preach. <laughs> yes. I'm just telling you, like it's so hard for me to find the friend that I could be with for as long as we've been together today and at some point not think if they do that one more time I think I'm going to cut my neck. See and I also need friends that are going to be okay with saying hey to me today and then it might not be it might be three weeks later before I say hey to you again. I and you that. ain't going to get offended yeah. about it. I can't have yeah. no clean friends because I just I'm not, I'm not But I think that. that I think that for me personally like there's there's 8 billion people in the world we have to realize that not everybody is going to be on that level of friend. Mm -hmm. We're not called to have everybody on that level of yeah. friend. And sometimes it takes you a little while of playing Go Fish before you find a match. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. You got to play Go Fish. I, I fished a lot. Yes. <laughs> and, and what I really love is that, for me personally, it's never the expected. Yeah. So my friends that I'm the closest with or have the best relationship with is not always the expected. No, you I would, never expected to be this close with y'all. No. Because I did not like you when I first met you. <laughs> Michaela cannot stand me when she first met me. But that's okay. I didn't care. Still don't. <laughs> but it's the reality of the fact that we we are able to say that we found each other. And like I can genuinely say with the mask completely off, you guys could come to my house every day. And it would not get on my nerves. It would not drive me crazy. Or there's nothing that you do in particular that just irks me. Should I be offended? Why? Because I'm your wife and oh, I yes. get on your ever loving nerves. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm offended. That that may be true some days. But on on a real note. Yeah, right. That's because we live together. Y'all do go to your own house at a nighttime. <laughs> But it's great to be able to have that friendship where you can say, we spent the entire day together and actually enjoyed mm -hmm. the entire yeah. day. There wasn't a yes. moment where we said, oh my Lord, if I don't get them out of the car, yep. if I can't get there fast enough because I'm tired of hearing their voice. Or, or oh my gosh, she just said spank. <laughs> <laughs> but we can look at each other and value the person yeah. yes. for what they do and accept them as who they are as a true friend and to be proud of your friends. I yes. love that to, to be proud of your friends, to, to say, I'm glad that person's my friend, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. say, I'm proud to have that person on my team, that person. I want that person to be the one that have, has my back. That's a great feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I say, I can say this. I wanted to say this. Uh, I guess I'm being mushy again, but I'm telling my heart, I'm telling the truth. You know, growing up a little Church of God boy, used we used to have them uh, have them friend the two friends that are best buds at church, and we wanted them to come over. And Mama would always say, uh, two can't come over because uh, you know how, how did it go? Two's she's a, a party, party three's, three's a crowd. crowd. Mm -hmm. And but there's three there's three couples here, and I have not felt like, and, and I hope y'all could agree the same. I know y'all do. I have not felt once like we're the left out couple. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. We got, yeah. We all communicate. We all laugh together. Clay's kind of quiet. And, and, you know, we, we, we're, we're loud ones. But, well, that's what makes it beautiful is yeah. because we're not all the same, but yet we all laugh together. Yeah. It, it, all, it all comes together. And I, we have been in relationships and friendships where, you know, if, 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 another, if another couple came around, Mm -hmm. You was kind of well. Invisible. They're almost like you said a minute ago. You're not embarrassed to be our friends. They they was kind of or like the pastors coming. We gotta we gotta straighten up. We gotta mm -hmm. tighten up. You know you'd always have to. You'd always feel kind of pushed to the back yeah. and treated differently. I don't feel that way one bit here. I mm -hmm. feel like we can all you know laugh. Or even not if another couple or whatever come around, but just everybody talking together. Right. We've been yes. in those friendships before where trying to have a conversation like this never happened. I would go say something and I would just completely be looked over. I would never be talked to. I was talked at or yeah. Gabby was talked at. There was never just a 
conversation with each other. It was that's always let's nice. let's be ugly or yeah. I think that's that's really valuable. And, and another thing I like to point out is conversate about your strong points in your friendship. I love to listen to us all talk because uh, it to me it's quite funny because Pastor and I can get on a kick and and just go have straight up church with some scripture. And, and we'll take one scripture and shout about it for a whole hour. A week. A whole week, yeah. And, and that that can be a strong point in our group conversation, right? But then you and I can talk about teaching mm-hmm. and the strong points that we share on that note. And that is a conversation that you and I can have. And the whole group can listen and they're in on the conversation but it's a strong point for you and I to talk because it's something that we share that no one else at the table mm-hmm. really shares, right? And then there's like Michaela and Jessica who I feel like they will just chime in on a little bit of everything because that's what they like to do and they're good at it. And it's, it, it makes, everything. <laughs> it makes the conversation everything. well-rounded, right? And then there's Clay. Who, he just agrees with everything. He's a peacemaker. He still has to answer this He's still here. He's still here. He chimes up on food. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he doesn't say much, but when he speaks, everybody listens. Everybody listens. Everybody because like, oh, it's like, oh, what did he say? And yeah. and I, I I love it that he he endures all of us. I feel like he is he just he takes us all the gentle soul. He's such a trooper. But it's so it's so great for me to look at it from a, a bigger perspective. We need that balance within us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when it was just the four of us all hanging out, Michaela and I can go zero to a hundred really fast, <laughs> and Jessica can go zero to one fifty faster. And then there's Clay; he's not gonna get past zero. <laughs> and he balances he that. So that it provides that balance, right? And we all get to benefit from that. And that's such a beautiful thing in friendship that balance really is important. Balance of conversation, balance of value. If we ruled the conversation with talking about nothing that Clay enjoyed to talk about, it would be a miserable friendship for him. But on the way home tonight, to just listen to the conversation in the car to talk about the river and to talk about fishing and things like that. I can still offer my two cents in that conversation. What? And it's still a great conversation. That I wouldn't go? No, yes. I'm not going. That's his two cents. Right? <laughs> Take <laughs> me to the dock. No, you I'm not going. But I can tell y'all how to do it while you're out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, but it, it makes a, a well-rounded conversation to hear Pastor and Clay to talk about that fishing and to talk about the river and the boats and, you know, the... Especially the, the first time they're around each other. Yeah. Right. It, clicks. It, it clicks. And I love to see friendships that click like that. So, Clay. Restate your question one time. <laughs> <laughs> Restate your Clay. question. <laughs> what do you find to be the hardest part about being a good friend? Okay, so I'm going to elaborate on that. Just kind of bouncing back and forth between what everybody's been saying. So, you, you take what pastor preached in a sermon this morning about how David was not allowed to go back home. And, and you take that into modern day friendships, you know, there's going to come a time where either your family uh, will choose not to be there. Or there will be a time where they won't be there at all. And even with your family, you know, if you go to them with, with a problem or whether it be, something bad that's happened in your life or something that's really happened good in your life, it always feels like there's a standard there or, you know, like a kind of a level of expectation with your family. Mm -hmm. And if it's bad, they're like, well, okay, you'll be fine. You'll get over it. Or if it's really good, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's good for you. But to have a true friend there, it's always nice to have that because one day when that your family has passed away or they're no longer in your life, a true friend is somebody that you can go to and really just, you know, if it's bad, you can sit there and, and a true friend will say, okay, well, I'm here for you. We're going to get through this. Or if it's something really good, you know, they, they basically celebrate the occasion with you. And I think the hardest part of a true friend you know, especially in this day and time, for me anyways, is the expectation of failure. Because, you know, when you 
when you have that person that you know, like you said, that you can really fall back on no matter what the situation, you never want to fail that friend because that's that's truly your backbone. And if you ever have something to fall back to, that that friend is that person. So that's to me, well, that that's the hardest part of being a true friend is the expectation of failure. And that's a standard that, especially for me, like, even though I know, you know, I, I'm building stone tires, I would care less about having a phone at all. But, mm-hmm. you know, they always pick on me about not answering a phone call or not texting back. <laughs> but not even your own wife. The, the thing is, <laughs> if, I, if I was to look at that text message or get a phone call one day and I see where somebody's called me three or four times or... There's a text message that says, hey, are you really busy? I need help. That's- okay, hold on. I can chime in right here because he texted me back this week Dude. because I texted him asking about you with what you were going through because yeah. it was, you said, I'm fine. We'll talk about it later. Well, I texted him yeah. and he texted me back and I was like, so proud of you. But there's, there's certain <laughs> things like that, that when those things happen as a true friend, you never want to fail that friendship. That's that's something that I feel, like I said, for me personally, that would be the hardest part of a friendship for me is, is the failure of a true friend. You know, we've all got those friends that, you know, every week, you know, the worst thing possible is, is happening, da, 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 da. But your true friends, if they text you and say, I really need you right now. The Mm -hmm. expectation as a true friend in that moment is, okay, let's see what they need. Because like I said, one day that, that will be your family. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a true friend to me. And like I said, the hardest thing is the expectation of failure in a friendship. That's why he don't talk much. Whenever he does, it's like real deep. Yeah. Like he just talked and I just sat here like, wow. This lady. Yeah. Um, there's Whoa. something else I was thinking about. I had a client slash friend message me this week, and it's so simple to hear and think about. But she, I asked, you know, she told me she was praying for me, and um, she said that's what friends are for. You know, we help take off some of the load when it's rough, and we, like you were saying, we help. Or when there's a celebration, they celebrate with you, and that's so true. That, you know, when you're going through something, it does take a load off. Even just if it's just hanging out like we did today. Like, I've got a lot personally going on right now, but I didn't think about that one time today while we were all hanging out. And when the stuff I was going through was new and fresh at the beginning of the week, I was over here crying in your office and (laughs) (laughs) taking a load off. And y'all talk. It was, I'm coming over for a minute. There's been days where I said, I'm outside on your swing. Just... Let me be. Don't mind me. <laughs> but I feel like that is, that's the beauty of true friendship. Mm-hmm. To to know that we have an open door policy. Yeah. And we, we have. With no judgment. Yeah. And yeah. No fear of what you're going to think or if you're going to talk behind our back. And, yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful parts of our friendship. Clay and Michaela have been friends with us just longer than you guys have. But um, I see the same things in, in you as well that if I'm having a rough day and I'm not in the the mood or I, I'm aggravated or I'm frustrated, I'm even upset with myself that I'm allowing it to get to that point. I know that if they come in my door and I'm in that attitude or in that mood or I'm in that brokenness, let's say I'm just broken and I'm, I'm depressed or I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety for the day or because those things still happen, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're not allowed to stay in the name of Jesus, but they still happen, right? Mm-hmm. I never feel judged. I never feel like, oh, well, you've ministered to us all week and now you're having a day. No, because we'll sit on the couch and cry and eat ice cream with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, that feels good mm-hmm. to know that I don't have to, like, like Clay was just saying, I don't have to to embrace the fear of failure because it's a heavy burden to be in a position of ministry and to feel like if someone sees you or witnesses you or experiences you having a setback that you have failed them as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where friendship just, it covers that. It 
it allows you to be real and to be vulnerable with one another. And it's truly hard to find great friends. Well, it's also the other side of that is regardless of if it's us or y'all, if you come to us or we come to y'all, y'all are going to get truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we expect. We don't we don't need to be patted or petted because we're having a moment or he's having a moment or whatever. It's if you come to us, you're going to get the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be what the Bible says about mm-hmm. it. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to help you get through it. And that's the same thing that we expect as friends. If we come to you, please don't sugarcoat it. Right. Let's get through it, work through it. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Yes, don't tell me what, what I, I need want to hear. hear. Yeah. Sometimes y'all need to just snatch me up. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a beautiful part of of what friendship should mean. And again, as a listener, I encourage you, if you don't have these friends, that you can truly say you've got a friend in me. Literally. Find them. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Find them. Take some time and actively seek out friends. Pray actively. Friends. I was yeah, going to say pray. pray for them. Pray for God. Because I, I said this today. We were, we were laughing at this. For this, Jessica and I have prayed. Yes. Yeah. We have prayed for God to send us friends. Because like you said, Clay, sometimes family, they're not the ones you roll to in the moment. Mm-hmm. But you can't, or you feel like you don't want to, or you don't want to um, open up about certain things. So God, send me some friends. Well, let me say something about that. Because my family... I have a very close family. You have a so beautiful family. I have a wonderful family. And I can't go to them with some things because there's emotions immediately. Mm-hmm. It is like, who do I need to cut? Right. Who mm-hmm. do I need to bury? What? And I know Clay's family is the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for everybody else's, but sorry. <laughs> sorry. But like if I went to my, you know, my aunt or my mom or my dad, it's there's emotion attached to it immediately Mm -hmm. and although we are emotional we also are realistic Mm -hmm. and And a lot of times family is going to tell you what you want to hear they're just going to care about getting you back to where you need to be and coddling you and that's not what we need no it's not and i think that god likes for us to be in balance Mm -hmm. and having a great friend brings balance um one of my favorite scriptures to use for friendship is is really and truly one that is used for a lot of different things, but it's the Proverbs 27 and 17 that iron sharpens iron, yeah. right? And that if we are all in a room together and we're all iron, we've all came to the conclusion that we want the same things, we love the same things, we, we agree with the same things, we want to be able to be friends even though we're all a little bit different. We're still iron, right? In that moment, we all get to sharpen one another. And sharpening can sometimes hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Sharpening is not always something that is peaceful. It's not always something that is is joyful. Sharpening can take some some tension and it can take some pain, but that we're still here for one another, right? That we're going to be friends and be good friends and be able to enjoy life together and be able to see God's grace in your role in our lives and to know that a week from now, we're still going to be friends. Yeah, I, I don't. I first. It's really crazy because there have been friends where I've questioned how long will this friendship last. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had some really strong friends for seasons, like we talked about. But then there's these friendships that I can identify that I say this one's not going anywhere. I can't see it going anywhere. That that no matter what we bring to the table. And we can speak on yeah. this. We've brought a lot of Every stuff lot, to the table. <laughs> I don't think there's really anything that we don't know about one another, yeah, right? Nothing. And yeah, especially with, with you guys, we haven't had the time that we've had with y'all, you know, with, with you, uh, Pastor and, and Sierra. But Clay and Michaela, I, there's nothing that I feel like even in our personal lives that you, you guys don't know and we don't know about you. And, and it makes such a beautiful friendship because there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. We we can pray for one another, and we can encourage one another, already knowing that there's no surprises. There's nothing that's going to break this friendship up. There's nothing that's going to break this friendship down. 
Um, and I know when they walk out of my front door, they got my back. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that they... for three weeks. Yeah, we might not see them for three weeks. <laughs> Whatever. That's the past. <laughs> we live two that seconds last down week. the road now. <laughs> um, but it's just the, the peace that I have knowing that I've got friends, good ones. Especially mm-hmm. prayer warriors. That's another big thing, you know, having people that are actually going to pray yeah. for you and Not intercede for you. And when we can come together and pray over something together, we're just that much powerful. And Yeah, I love that. And to be able to, to all agree, you know, it's one thing to find friends, but it's another thing to find friends that you agree and go to church together. And you feel the same things about worship and you feel the same things about God and and we enjoy talking about God and and we bring, you know, our life of ministry into everything that we do and we're able to uh, grow with one another in ministry and to see God's grace. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Y'all done a lot of that. Yeah. I'd like to encourage the listener right here in, in, in your quest for, searching for friends you know they may not come tomorrow they may not come overnight but i do know that the first step in realizing that the friend that a true friend is possible is realizing that you got a true friend in jesus Mm -hmm. that you got a friend that once you believe on jesus christ you're now friends with a king Mm -hmm. you're now friends with a father that knows your name, that thinks about you more than the grains of sand. You got somebody, you're on somebody's mind all the time. And before I believe, truly, before you can ever be a true friend to anybody in the natural, you have to be, you have to realize that you have a true friend in the spiritual. Yeah. You have you have to let Jesus be your friend. Realize that you got a friend in Jesus. You got somebody you can call on. When people first first thing people go through, so they say, "Oh God, yeah. oh God, Jesus." Realize that He is there, and and when you call on Him, He's there, and He answers you every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. And 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 you got a friend in Jesus, and He'll send you. He'll He'll knit your heart. He'll connect your heart to the right person, to the right person that you need to tangibly see and and maybe touch and maybe be with. He'll connect you, and He'll just like Jonathan and David. He'll bring it together once you realize you have a friend in him. I want to encourage you as the listener to take a moment and be a good friend. Call the friend that is on your heart and it's on your mind that you haven't reached out to in quite a while. Be the friend that you want in your own life. Take a moment and call on your friend Jesus because he calls you his friend. He can be the bestest friend you've ever had in the entire world. Get to know him. He's waiting on you to take a moment and reach out to him and create a friendship with him. Allow him to be that friend in your life that encourages you, to be that friend in your life that never fails you, to be that friend in your life that does not give up on you, to be that friend in your life that spends time with you. And whenever you do that, You'll understand what it means to have a true friend. You'll understand what it means to value friendship. so glad that y'all made the decision to join the Coenology podcast this week. Don't forget to visit the Coenology website at coenology.podbean.com and take a moment to follow them on Facebook. Most importantly, share this with someone this week. We hope you have a blessed week. And hey, be a good friend.